Whether you're working a corporate job or building a business, Working Girl Talk is the podcast and community for women who work. I'm your host, Abby Zufeld, and I'm here to help you feel confident walking into the workday and to help you get excited about your career. Now, let's talk. Hi, friends. Welcome to episode 97 of Working Girl Talk. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We're going to dive into some headlines from this week and then into our interview with Anna Keenan today. So excited about that. And let's get straight into those headlines. Apple had its spring-loaded event this week and had some major announcements. If you follow Working Girl Talk on Instagram, you saw that we already shared some pictures of the new iMac. So according to The Verge, new chips have been added to iPads and iMacs, and the iMacs are now coming in a plethora of colors. So that was something I was very excited to see. New colors, we got this deep blue, this mint green, kind of a pinky red vibe, some purple, orange, yellow, and a silver. So the iMacs are super cute. We shared some pictures on the Working Girl Talk Instagram account and kind of did some voting on which one you would want to have in your office. Pretty fun. I have been using laptops for so long. I've been like, can I, so I can take it and go sit on the couch and sit wherever I want with them that I haven't really thought about a desktop computer in a long time. <laughs> so seeing those like iMacs as like a desktop, I was like, hmm, that might be kind of cool for an office. Like that's my space. That's where I work. So kind of funny. I haven't really thought about that in a long time. And next thing that they released, they unveiled their AirTag item trackers. These are little tags you can put on items that you own that you will be able to find them and track them. I mean, that's always a nice thing to track your items. There are some other competitors that has been something long awaited according to a lot of some news sources. And Apple also redesigned the Apple TV remote. It looks a little more sleek, a little more buttons. And they also said that they will soon launch an iPhone 12 in purple. And it is so beautiful. It's like a purpley lavender, light purple color. Very beautiful. They also made some big announcements about podcasts. And since I'm part of like Apple's creators, since I have a podcast on Apple, I got an email all about it, which a lot of it is just interesting for podcasters. But the main one that is interesting for everybody is that they are launching in-app podcasts subscriptions. So if you've ever heard of Patreon, where basically you're paying for extra content from your favorite creators, very similar here. So you'd be paying extra or you'd be paying because you don't pay for podcasts right now. Um, you'd be paying Apple to get like bonus content or something like that. Pretty interesting. I don't know the full scope, but that is something to help creators get paid, which is always nice, but Apple will be taking a big percentage. So always interesting. So either make nothing or get paid but get a cut taken out i'm curious what patreon takes versus what apple will be taking so those are some of the major updates from apple's spring loaded event this week always interesting to see what they're up to and last section of our news today we're going to dive into the audio wars which yes there's now an audio war going on typically we talk about the streaming wars but because this like surgence of audio content from like clubhouse kind of started we need to talk about the audio wars so reddit has actually unveiled a clubhouse clone called reddit talk and it's really similar to clubhouse's overall design if you see some of the pictures speakers sit at the top of the screen kind of like a stage and listeners appear below very similar to clubhouse reddit talk will live in subreddits actually where individuals where individual forums focused on a given topic or theme can chat about something. And the community moderators for those subreddits will be the only ones to start or talk for the time being. And it's the audio feature is still being tested according to TechCrunch. So that is something very interesting. They're not the only ones making some audio news this week. Facebook officially announced a new suite of audio products. So they are launching live audio rooms which again, very similar to Clubhouse. They say it will be available to everyone on Facebook this summer. And they also will be making live audio rooms available on Messenger 
the idea there would be to like kind of hang out and chat with just your friends. That's not all Facebook did this week. They've been pretty busy. They also mentioned a project called Soundbytes, which basically allows users to quickly move through sorted audio clips. So basically the idea is Instagram Reels. So it'd be like an extension of Instagram Reels, but it's audio. And the experience will allow users to directly open Spotify if they prefer to listen to music or audio there instead. So I'm very curious what this looks like. I don't know if Reels would just be kind of like an audiogram. And they are also tapping into their already existing tipping feature for these live audio rooms. So fans will be able to support creators through Stars, which is the tipping feature, or donate to causes if you're in like a live audio room, which again is similar to Clubhouse. Now let's dive into our interview today. I am so excited we have Anna Keenan with us I've known Anna for a while now and she is just awesome she is the regional marketing and philanthropic manager for Kendra Scott and host of self-made sister podcast Anna is a true entrepreneur in this episode we talk about Anna starting a booming cupcake company in her early 20s and the learning lessons behind that We also talk about what you can learn from a job that may not be your favorite job and how to actually make that the best experience possible. We talk about how she got to Kendra Scott and how to find your career path and a little bit about balancing work and family and a side hustle, the podcast, all of that. We go all over the place, but it is so valuable. This episode is perfect for anyone who is on their career path right now and kind of wondering, what's my next move here? Am I making the right choices? Anna really shows you that you're right where you're supposed to be. Everything in your career is just a stepping stone and will take you to the next place. And that uncomfortable feeling that you sometimes have, it's just called growth. So I'm so excited to share this with you. Please enjoy my chat with Anna. I feel like I've known you forever, Anna. This is so fun. (laughs) I know, you know, and I love that like had you or I like not started a podcast, we would have never met. I love like kind of those, I don't know what you call meet cutes, like uh, ways that you meet people that it's so organic, but yet not. Mm -hmm. It's very purpose-driven. So I know, I love how we met. I know it's so cool. I totally agree. Everything just, it, it all works out. Every little Mm -hmm. like decision turns into something else. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So I, I'm excited today. I want, cause you are another fellow podcaster and my audience will love you because you're a fellow working girl. You're doing that side hustle life. So I'm excited to dive in to start. Did you always know what you wanted to be when you grew up? So funny. You asked that because, um, I did, I did. I like, Uh, but it's not at all what I'm doing now, Um, which is so funny. And um, no, I wanted to be an architect. I, uh, from a very young age would like, I mean, I remember like at five years old, like creating house plans out of paper, like where the rooms went and how it laid out. And I would like ask my mom to buy me like architectural plan books instead of like coloring books. Cause I wanted to see plans and I loved how houses laid out. And I just like, I have always been extremely passionate about that, like home building and, um, not so much interior design, but just l- like creating a house and like the, everything that goes in it, like in terms of materials. So, um, no, I tried to get into K-State cause they have one of the best architectural programs and wasn't smart enough. <laughs> Quite honestly, they're like, so you need at least a 3.9 to 4.0 GPA and a minimum of a 32 on your ACT. And I was like, to even be considered to get into the program. Wow. So at that point I was like, okay, I gotta, I guess I gotta scrap that, which it's funny. We can come back to this later, but it's kind of come full circle because I'm actually doing another, like my life is totally side hustle, but dipping my toes back into that now, um, randomly, like the way it's all come about has been really crazy, but, um, it's always just been a, such a passion of mine. And so, yeah, I was like, well, I guess I'll settle for Mizzou, um, which is close, was close to home. And, um, go into marketing, you know, I was like, what else can I do? I was just, so it was just like such a pivotal moment in my life that I'll never forget. Cause it was like, that was what I was going to do. I was going to go to K-State and I was going to be an architect and then life happens. You got to shift. So yeah, I mean, I did go to school for marketing and have been doing that ever since, but 
as you will know, like marketing of what I learned in college, which I think I'm a lot older than you, like is nowhere near what I do now. So, um, the marketing was so different then that essence of, okay, I have this plan and then er, it's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to be way different now. I think a lot of people relate to that for sure, because nothing ever goes as planned, which ends no. up being a good thing most of the time anyway. Yeah, it does. You know, I mean, for most 18 year olds, they don't know what they want to be, right? Like, unless they really want to be like a doctor or a nurse or a teacher, or like, you have to like try so many different things. And I was just so dead set that I, that's what I was going to do. So it was very, like, I remember being a very devastating time of being like, what else am I going to be then? Like, all I want to be is an architect. So, um, but it's, it's been a, you know, it is, it's a blessing because had I gone that way, I mean, my life would be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) Yeah. You can't ever like regret anything like that or dwell because then you wouldn't be where you are now. So I totally, totally agree. Yeah. So, but I feel like you've always had that entrepreneurial spirit in you that always like hustling side of you. So how, how was that in college? Did you have like a side hustle? You know, I didn't, I knew I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always have like, um, in some way, shape or form, whether it was helping people on the side or, you know, uh, being creative and like, being like, let me, let me handle that. I remember making like people shop books in college. Like, let me help help you with that. I can totally do that. I didn't have a side hustle in college, but I definitely worked full-time in college. Um, I've always been one that like, I wanted to make my own money. I wanted to like, I never wanted to say no because I didn't have the money, you know, like in college, it was like, if I wanted the Abercrombie jeans, I was going to buy the $70 Abercrombie (laughs) jeans, which was like for some of my friends, like their whole week's worth of meals. Right. So, um, I just never wanted that to be like an issue. And so I worked full time, but you know, in, in the same token, I sacrificed other things because I went to school at night sometimes and my days were jam packed. Like my girlfriends, I remember being like, on Fridays, they were like, I don't have class or I only, I'd only have class at noon. And it's like, well, I gotta be at work at eight. I work till five. Then I got class that night and I got to do homework. So, um, I've always been a hustler for sure. Um, but I was like, wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't really know what that meant. I was raised in a family Mm -hmm. business, but at the same time, like it was my dad's and I never really saw like female entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, it was like, well, what could I do then? Like, I see my dad and like what he does, but like, what can I do? And so I just thought that I had to work the eight to five, you know, cause that's all I, all you could do. But I quickly learned like in my mid twenties that I could, I could do other things and I, I could still have the eight to five, right? Like I could still have like grow my career, grow my resume, gain that experience and everything that comes with an eight to five, like health insurance and like all this stuff, like a 401k, all this stuff that you learn in your early twenties but still be able to have a side passion project that fulfilled me in other ways. So at 25, I started a cupcakery on the side. This was after I tried to open a wedding dress shop, but at 24, I didn't have enough capital. (laughs) (laughs) We were putting together the business plan. I researched it for like a year. I went to the bank to try to get the money and they're like, you're 24 what do you have? I'm like, I don't even have a credit card. Like at that time I didn't even have a credit card. I'm like, I, would, I don't know. I've got some savings. So I had to like shift from that. My wedding dress shop dreams, like again, faded to the side, but, um, saw the cupcake trend taking off like in New York and Chicago and LA. And I was like, there's nothing like that here in Missouri. And I think at the time there really wasn't one in St. Louis or Kansas city either. And so it's like, I'm going to teach myself how to bake from scratch. Like I'm going to learn how to play with fondant. I'm going to like learn how to make buttercream. That's so good. And so worked on that for like six to eight months and then launched that and got my LLC. I got a small business loan to get everything I needed. And it was such a great experience. Like definitely a side hustle, definitely up till two, 3 AM every night baking. We get up, go to work. I remember my boyfriend at the time would do like all my deliveries through the day because he worked from home and it was, it really took off. Um, I remember people saying like cupcakes, 
you're just going to do cupcakes, like no cakes, right? No cookies. No, like, I'm like, just cupcakes. Like, I'm like, I have three different sizes though. I've got like mini ones, standard size and jumbo, but, um, it ended up being like a huge success to where I was like, I hit that fork in the road of, do I do this full-time or do I stay in like the comfort of a full-time job, you know? Mm-hmm. So at that point I did have to like, go ahead and like move on from the cupcake business after three and a half years because it was just, it was so grueling. Like I did not sleep. I was baking. Like I remember at one point, like 2000 cupcakes a week doing orders, deliveries. Um, and it was just, it was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that that is one, such a great experience. And also a lesson that like, even if it doesn't turn into like, Oh, this is going to be my full-time thing. Like Mm -hmm. the lessons learned, I'm sure are so valuable for you today. Like learning how to manage a business like that, getting a small business loan, fulfilling orders, like all of that is such good experience that even if like you decided not to pursue it forever, it was worth it. I'm sure. Oh, it was absolutely <laughs> worth it. I mean, I look back on that time and like kind of gag at how many cupcakes I made and like, you know, but customer service and like the people I met through it. I mean, it's people that I still talk to to this day. I mean, there's still sometimes people are like, are you sure you don't want to make me some cupcakes? Like I got like hate emails from people when I like stopped doing it. Um, I, cause I would bake for restaurants. Like, so they would sell my cupcakes as like desserts in like their bakery section. Um, and it was just, it was insane, but I was also like single and in my twenties, I didn't have kids and I learned so much. Like I, And I think too, that's why I value and I just admire entrepreneurs because that was just a very small, like minute little side business. And I saw how much I poured into it every single day that I just have so much respect for entrepreneurs. Um, And then, you know, showing up every day and putting one foot in front of the other and really like making it happen because it's not easy, especially if you're like dealing with customers and making people happy and balancing your schedule and, and, just doing all the things, right? Like, um, yeah, it's, it was, it was awesome. It was, I couldn't <laughs> eat a cupcake though for like five years after. <laughs> have you kind made me gag since at all? Have you? Made oh it? yeah. I oh, have. Okay. Yeah. And I'll like bake them sometimes <laughs> for like my kids and, um, you know, like friends and stuff, but I don't miss it really. Like <laughs> I look at bake, like people that bake now or like people that own like bakeries and I'm like, Oh, you have to smell like buttercream all the time. Like I did. I had like powdered sugar in my hair at all times. Like, <laughs> but so it was fun. fun. It was a good experience. And I, um, I loved it. I really did. And I think that that's why, like, I just have continued to admire entrepreneurs and want to work for them. And hopefully eventually want to, I want to be one, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know, but I would love at some point to be able to become one myself again. I love that. And I feel like you are just saying, I, I feel like I consider you. One. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. You're hustling and working hard. So I, I think you are. Well, also, thank you. I like that you mentioned the, like what I want to be when I grow up. Cause I asked that in the beginning, but I read a, like it was a quote on Instagram or something about how like we stop asking people that question as they get older and like really your whole life, you're like, Oh, next year I want to be this, or I want to be this, like that whole, like idea of like what I want to be never stops or it never should stop. So that's why I men, girl, it shouldn't stop. (laughs) I feel like we stop asking that after like 25 because by then you should know, you know, and it's like, no no. one knows, (laughs) no one knows, no one knows. No, not at all. Like, and I dip my toes in so many different industries. Like I started out in marketing for banking and then I moved to marketing for a television station. And then from there, like, that's when I started my cupcake business. And then from there I became a wine rep. Like I knew legit nothing about wine. Like I couldn't have told you the difference between Pinot Grigio and Pinot Noir, like at the time, but I was like, this sounds like a really fun job. Like just work with restaurants all the time. Like wine, do wine tastings with them. I was, I was also selling like liquor, Um, and it was such a fun job in my twenties and I like totally faked it till I made it. Like, I still don't know to this day how I got that job. Um, (laughs) I was like one, the only girl on a team of 14 dudes, 
I was the youngest. Um, everyone was a lot older than me, but it was, that was a fun job too. Like I'd go to Napa. I, it was so great, but how I got that job, I have no idea, but I think it is a great like example of putting yourself out there for something that you may not be qualified for, or like really fight for it or really just be like honest. Cause I remember being like, I don't know, but I will be, I will learn and I will learn so fast. And I did, I mean, I learned the ins and outs of the wine industry. Um, and I have, again, like I, it was, it's fascinating. It's overwhelming and there's so much to it, but, um, I challenged myself to learn something completely foreign to me so that I didn't, I was taken seriously in an industry that initially I was like, is Pinot Grigio red or white? I don't know. (laughs) Rosé is that white zin? I don't oh, I don't know. <laughs> I Which I I feel like that's an interesting trend though because even you had to do that with the cupcake business too, like learning mm-hmm. how to do all of those things, like that self-teaching, which I am a huge advocate for. I love like we have so many resources now that yeah. self-teaching and like that continual education and like you said like if you feel like you're not qualified for something it doesn't mean you're not qualified for it you can learn it and it it's so much more than actually like knowing those skills like if you have the desire to learn something and we have so many resources now yeah and you know a lot of it's just so relationship driven i think i got that job because i was like so chatty. And I was like, I could talk with anyone that I was interviewing with. I went through like a series of interviews. Um, and that really is what that business is. Like, I mean, they buy product from you because they like you, not because you're bringing like Kendall Jackson Chardonnay to their table. Like, you know, I mean, in the restaurant industry, it's like very much relationship driven and everything I've done is relationship driven. So it's like, and as somebody that has hired people now, um, I glance at a resume, but I absolutely have hired people based off like their ability to engage in a conversation, what they're passionate about, where they want to go. Like, how can I help you get there? Um, as opposed to being like, well, I don't know if you have three to five years of marketing experience, you know, it's like, uh, no, I mean, you embody what I can teach you those skills, but you embody like things, things that I can't teach you. I think that that's a misconception sometimes, especially for a younger generation that's out there, you know, trying to get a job or they want to land their dream job at the age of 23. And it's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Unless you're like, again, a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, an engineer, something that's very specific, like you got to work your way up and like, you're not going to get your dream job at 23. Like you have to put in the time, the sweat equity, the have the bad jobs. I mean, I remember after I left the wine industry, I went to work for a software company and I hated every minute of it. I was terrible at it. I hated it. Like hated (laughs) it. Like I can't even like tell you how much I hated this job, but I stuck with it. I tried it. I gave it my all. And honestly, that job is what led me to my Kendra Scott job. I don't think if I had, I didn't have such a well-known name brand, big Silicon Valley company on my resume. I don't know if I would have, I don't know. Maybe I would have gotten an interview. I don't know. But like, I really feel like that was my stepping stone that I needed to then work for a company that I was like, I wanted to work for so bad. So, you know, you go back and you're like, that's why that happened. Or that's why I met that person because then that connected the dots here. And then, you know, so everything happens for a reason, but Um, yeah, I say that a lot to the younger, I work with a lot of college, um, campus ambassadors and they're like, I want your job. And I'm like, girl, I'm 37. Like, (laughs) (laughs) love it. But like, I, I had to, I had to work my way here. Yeah, so definitely. And I love that. I feel like anyone listening, be patient if you haven't found that dream job yet. And I I think that's so important that you mentioned that software job because sometimes you're in a situation like, why am I here? Like I had a similar experience too, where it was like, I kept applying and like putting the feelers out there. I'm like, why am I still at this job? Like, I don't understand. But then you look back and you see like, oh, okay. Like timing wise, connection wise, like things were supposed to work out that way. So be patient. It'll happen. (laughs) No, a hundred percent. And I remember I was working for the software job. I'd reached out to Kendra Scott because I saw a position open in Austin, Texas. And I was like, I can't, I know I can't move to Austin, Texas, but maybe they'll be open to remote. 
And I, I went through the interview process and they're like, no, we really need someone here at corporate, but like, you know, maybe someday, maybe someday, like there'll be something that will open that we could, you know, have you for. And it was like nine months later and then a, a position opened and I was able to be remote and I got it. And, you know, I remember being so devastated the first time when I was like, I can't, I, my dream job no way it's not going to happen, but it did. And I, and, but I also, in those eight months, I learned so much, even from a job that I hated. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, but I will tell you the day I put in my, my notice with that job was one of the most <laughs> glorious days ever. I was like, cause I'm not a quitter. I wasn't going to be like, you know what, I'm going to quit this job and, and really spend the time looking for, I wasn't going to quit like without something else. Cause I'm not a quitter, but you're going to have jobs you hate. Yeah. And that's just part of it. It's true. Unfortunately. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned that in the, that time period though, you still learned. It's not like you just gave up and like sat there. Like, I hate this job. Like mm -hmm. it's still like, you're like, you still work there. It's your duty to learn and make the best of it. Even if you don't like it. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, and I think that that's just, again, then talking, to, I work with a lot of girls that are like, you know, twenties, early thirties too. And it's like, you're going to have jobs you hate. Like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You you're not going to always love everyone you work with, but you've got to learn how to work with them. There's going to be different personalities. There's going to be things that you don't agree with, but like, you know, you have to be professional and you have to like, it's at the end of the day, it's your job. And you have to take pride in that. You may not agree with something all the time and you may not be that good at it, but like, give it your all. Sometimes I'm floored about or with like, sometimes the mentality of like, I have to have the perfect job and I have to like everyone that I work with and I have to be really good at it. And I have to work my way up the ladder in a year. And it's like, oh no. <laughs> pipe dreams. <laughs> Yes. So, we love yeah. the ambition, but yeah, sometimes yeah. you've got to set realistic expectations too. Exactly. <laughs> For somebody right now who is kind of, they don't really know where they stand. Like they know they don't like their job, but like, is it just a couple bad days or is it like they need to find something else? What are your thoughts on that? Cause I'm sure like that software job, you know, you hated, but other jobs, it was kind of like, okay, like I, I know I like this sometimes, but it may not be a perfect fit forever. So what would your advice be to someone who's trying to figure out what situation they're in. Yeah. You know, I think that the thing with a job is that it's not permanent, right? Like you can, well, you don't want to be like a serial, like job hopper. And like, cause that, I mean, while like your resume, like to me, isn't as like super important. It also is like, if you see if somebody like has a new job every six months. Right. So that is right. alarming. But, um, I think, you know, really sticking it out and, 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 figuring out sometimes it can be people related. Like you don't like your boss or like, you don't like your coworker, but like, you've got to learn how to work with them. I mean, I, I know mm -hmm. I teach that now to my seven-year-old. It's like, you may not like that little boy in class, but you have to learn how to like, in, you know, coexist. You have to mm -hmm. be respectful. You have to learn how to like handle people that you don't necessarily agree with, or you don't like how they act. You know I mean? That's just part of life. And I think it starts at yeah, such a young age. Um, but I, I do think that you have to give it time. Um, no one's, a, you know, no one's going to know their job in the first week or two weeks. It's supposed to be overwhelming. It's supposed to be like, what did I get myself into? Am I going to be able to figure this out? Like, I mean, I just remember my wine job and I'm like, I, I don't, I remember my first week. I, I, I was like in a foreign country. I did not know what they were talking about. Like the difference between Italian wines and, you know, European. Like, I was just like, what? Like, I, I don't not even go to geography. Like, I don't even know what they're talking about, but you have to give it time and you have to give it your effort and you have to give it your all. But at the end of the day, like if you're not happy and your mental health is not happy, like there are other jobs out there. Like you know, sometimes you just can't put like that square peg in a round hole. Like mm -hmm. sometimes it's just not a good fit. And that software job for me was just not a good fit. I thought I was good at sales. I'm not good at software and I'm not good at software issues. And I'm not good at like helping them at 2am. Like that's just <laughs> not for me. And I'm also not really good at a really strict sales quota. Like that stresses me out. Like I want to like far exceed that, but sometimes that just doesn't happen. And so that was like really 
that was really tough. And I gave it a year and a half. And after that, I was like, peace out. And that's okay. Like you're going to have positions where you think they're going to be great and they're not, and you can move on, but you've got to like, look back and see what you gained from it and see what you, how you grew and what you, what experience you, you got from it and, and apply that in your next in your next chapter. So, so true. And a year and a half, that's still like a long time for oh, a job. That, you know, girl. Yeah, you did like, bravo. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> and also too, I think that I just like being part of a company and I had been part of a company up until that point that was very family oriented, family driven, very close, you know, it was just like, so like warm and welcoming. And that was just so corporate. Like it was mm-hmm. so Silicon Valley. So like, uh, it was just not, it was just not my environment either. It, it wasn't my people. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's a good thing to consider too. Like the work environment and culture, like that's mm-hmm. always a good deciding factor on, is it time to go? Or is this just a bad day? Like how's the actual yeah. culture? Do you think dream jobs exist? I do. I do. But I also don't think that it's going to be a dream every day. And I think we all experienced that in 2020, right? Like I, I've always said like my job with Kendra Scott has been my dream job. Like I, I've absolutely loved working for her. Um, I remember my, my last interview, my final interview was, um, in Austin, Texas. And I interviewed with her and I just remember being like starstruck. I was like, I like, don't even know what I said. I don't even, I don't even know. Just like as a mom, as a female CEO, as a hustler, as someone that took $500 and turned it into a billion dollar company and somebody that's just very vocal about her hard days, you know, of max out credit cards, the bank, like closing out her loan. And she didn't know how she was going to make payroll and, you know, like her story. And I think again, that's really what inspired my podcast. Cause it's like, people see her now and it's like, yeah, girl, you're worth more than Beyonce. Like you are rocking and rolling. And it's like, no, no, no. Like she started this back in 2002. It were, there were like so many years of hardships and hard days and opening a business during recession in 2010, going through even last year as a retail brand. Um, and so all that to be said, like, I knew I wanted to work for her and I wanted to work for her core pillars as a company. And that to me is a dream job. Like it was like, I get to give back to a community I, or the communities in which I, I serve and I get to wear beautiful jewelry and I get to work with really fun people that all have the same passion and interest. Um, because I really learned on hiring people based off like who they were as a person, as opposed to their resume from Kendra. I mean, that's always been her mentality and she's created such a strong family unit. I mean, everyone calls her mama K and I, so, yeah, I do think dream jobs exist, but that doesn't mean that hasn't come with hard days or days where I'm like, I've got to shut my laptop. I'm, my mind's going to explode. Um, lots of those last year for sure. But I, but it is what you make of it too. Mm -hmm. Like maybe this wouldn't be a dream job for somebody else, but I know what I personally love and I know what I'm really passionate about and this job aligns with that. So I think finding a career or a company or a CEO or an, you know, just a culture that aligns with who you are is huge. Mm -hmm. Love that. And it goes back to kind of that like purpose to like, do you actually believe in what you're doing or the CEO or the company, the culture, the pillars, something to hold on to. So when those days that are rough, you can keep going still because days are rough. No, I know. And I remember last year, it was rough. It was very rough. I mean, just no one knew what was going to happen and retail brands were closing left and right. And it's like, we got to get creative. We got to do things that no one else is doing. Um, and really use philanthropy as our North star, but it was rough. And I remember there was a day that I had an Amazon package delivered to my doorstep. And I was like, I didn't, I was like, did you order something? He's like, no, did you? I'm like, no, I opened it up and it's a board game. And it was, there was a card from Kendra in there. And she was like, thank you for all your hard work. I just want you to like play this with your kids. And it was like, so cute. uh, uh, (laughs) How nice is that? Like, it was then like, that was like the small, it wasn't the game. It was just the thought that went into it. You know, knowing I'm a mom and knowing it was a struggle having my kids home all day with me while I'm working full-time while my husband's working full-time 
and just like it brings you back. It's just mm-hmm. the small things. It's just those thoughtful moments that Kendra's really good at um, that really make people feel valued and appreciated. And it doesn't have to cost money. I mean, yeah, she got me a game, but it was more of the card and the thought that that was really impactful um, and brings you back to your why. Yeah, that is so cool. What a sweet thing to do. And that brings us to what you do for Kendra Scott. So can you talk about like, just like a day in the life of what you do? Cause like the philanthropic, there we go. Yeah. It's a hard word. I still struggle (laughs) with it. Six and a half years later, I still struggle with it. Uh, yeah. So like the marketing and the philanthropic element, I'd love to hear like, what's a day to day look like for you? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of that has honestly changed too, um, (laughs) since 2020, but I really just, handle like our big marketing and philanthropic partnerships, you know, as a retail brand, I mean, Kendra always says it like we're the unicorn, um, in the retail landscape because we, uh, our foundation to our company is philanthropy and giving back. Um, so that's really like our marketing strategy and what we do, like if there really isn't like a philanthropic tie to it, like we don't do it. We're, we're doing a little bit more of it, but still it's gotta have like a meaning. Um, and it has to have a, a really like purposeful meaning. Yeah. So I handle like our big, like philanthropic partnerships, whether it's through children's hospitals, big organizations. Um, I manage all of like the Midwest actually just, I'm going through a realignment with my territory, but I'm based in St. Louis. I have Kansas city. I've got Omaha. I've got Kansas. I've got Minneapolis. Um, but I've also managed Colorado, uh, Arkansas, Indiana, Ohio, like kind of been all over the place. I've opened new stores. Um, I've, you know, built that marketing buzz in new markets when we're before we open. And so it's changed. I've changed different or titles and roles three times since I've started at Kendra Scott, but all still have that same like philanthropic mission. Last year, we gave back over $5 million um, still in a year of COVID, which is amazing. We were able to give back 4.2 million million meals to Feeding America last year. We really, when we say we're philanthropic, like we really are. (laughs) Like it's not just a here's your budget for the month, divide it by five organizations and, and sponsor something. It's like, we really try to be thoughtful with how we partner. Um, and our mission is like helping women and children live their best lives. So every day is a little bit different. It just kind of depends on what my strategy is at the moment. Like right now we're really working for mother's day, working for some impactful campaigns for mother's day. Um, our theme this year is mindful mother's day, because I mean, moms have really like taken toll over the last year doing stay at home, working, schooling, all of it. It's been stressful. And so we recognize that. And it's like, what can we as a brand do to like help give back? Love that purpose behind it. I'm sure that makes every day so meaningful. So I love that. For somebody who hears that right now and is like, whoa, like I want to do that. What would be your one piece of advice for one of my listeners if they want to get a job like yours? You know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity and honestly, quite now with COVID, I, so part of my podcast has been like help, like trying to help women connect with careers that with companies that are founded or led by self-made sisters. Um, and so now with COVID, like the opportunities of remote positions with like your dream company or job are so much more common now. I mean, the fact that I've been remote for my entire duration of Kendra Scott was pretty rare because most people want you at the corporate office, Mm -hmm. but now it's not the case. And so I think that there's just so many great opportunities for, for women now that they don't have to move and they can, they can work from home in terms of like my job. I think, you know, there's a lot of philanthropic positions. Um, I think philanthropy has become a while at the time when I started with Kendra was pretty rare, it's become a pretty like prevalent thing with um, a prevalent mission with organ or with companies to have that philanthropic side. You know, I know Spanx, I know Rent the Runway, I know like even like PR agencies, like they have that philanthropic arm now that they never had before. Um, so really seeking that out. And then, you know, with Kendra Scott, like we tap on our teams. Like I, I, we've promoted from retail store level. Um, I work with, I have event leads in every store that I, that I oversee. I have event assistant, assistant event managers in every store that I, we have them in every store, quite honestly. So there's opportunities to be a part of what we do 
just not if you don't like if there's not like a position like mine open but like in the, in the store level and really connecting with your specific community love love that and you mentioned the podcast we have to talk yeah. about the podcast self-made sister such a good podcast such a fun mission what has been the biggest learning lesson since starting the podcast oh man girl that's a loaded question <laughs> i think it's all been learning <laughs> I still am learning. I still every day I'm like, Oh, that's what that does. Or, Oh, <laughs> this is how I do this. Or like, Oh, I guess maybe I should like figure out a different software. I don't know. Every day's learning, but, um, no, the podcast has just been such a blessing quite honestly. And I'm so grateful that I followed through on that idea because it was something that had kind of weighed on my heart for a while, but I'm like, I don't know what podcasting even is. I listened to how I built this with Guy Raz and I listened to crime junkies and that's like it. Like I, I, but I don't know how they actually get that on. Like, how do they get that on that purple app on my phone? Like I, no idea. Um, but I really started doing the research and I was like, I've got, I gotta be able to figure this out. Right. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. So I, um, sought the help of a podcast coach, Christine, um, who we both know. And she was amazing. Like she really connected the dots for me and helped me get, cause I was like, where do you find intro music? Like, what does that even mean? Like, how do I schedule an interview? Like, how is anybody going to even say yes to me? So I was, I've learned it all. And it's, if I can do it, anybody can do it, but it's been such an amazing ride. It really has. I mean, um, I've, at this point, like interviewed, I've had what 52 episodes out, but I have, I've interviewed over 60 women all over the world. Like I've interviewed in Melbourne, Australia and China. And it's like, so cool. Like I, I, these women just amaze me every day. And I am just so honored that they share their story with me because knowing Kendra's story and how hard she worked, I'm like, this needs to be shared more. Like, and I think it inspires people to take that step because I ask those questions of like, well, then how did you market? How did you get your first purchase? How did you get your first follower? How did you finance that? Like, how did yeah. you get the money to do that? All those things that sound so like far out of reach. We, I try to break down with everyone that I talk to that hopefully is able, you know, hopefully inspire someone else that like they can do it too. I love No it. one has it figured out. It's so true. Yeah. No one does. But I, I love it. So good. So honestly, like beautiful, like what oh, a great thank mission. You. So one last question and then we'll head into the top 10 round. Have you ever wanted to quit like anything? Well, we know the software job, so, <laughs> but why did you keep going? I guess let's put it in the frame of the podcast. Like if you ever wanted to quit, why did you keep going? Oh yeah. Initially I did. I mean, I did and I didn't like after I put it out and I was like, I remember like my, you know, my first episode, I was like, okay, like, are people going to listen? I don't know. Like, I don't really have any followers. Like, ugh, this is really awkward. I don't know. I just felt awkward. Cause I felt like people were watching and judging a little bit too. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, and then there was times where I was like, I just don't have time for this. Like, I just don't have time for this. And <laughs> I just, I just should like walk away. And there's just something that kept like pulling me back. And it was like, no, I need to, I need to see this through. But yeah, I think everyone has those moments. They want to quit. I mean, there's days where I want to quit being a mom. I tell my kids sometimes <laughs> eight o'clock. I'm like, my mommy juice is done. <laughs> like I have no more mommy juice. I mean, my daughter was like, how much mommy juice do you have left? I'm like, it is so low right now. Like so low. Um, but I'm also a big scheduler. My kids go to bed at the same time every night. I have to have some time in the evening by myself to get some stuff done or just have some me time or have time with my husband. Like I'm, I'm a huge firm believer in a schedule. I love it. So helpful. So many great tips. We are going to head into the working girl talk top 10 answer. First thing that comes to mind and you can elaborate a little bit on it too. Okay, here we go. First one. My first job ever was a tennis coach. Ooh. I was a tennis instructor. An essential part of my day. Coffee and just having a little bit of me time. Like whether it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes to work out, to watch an episode, but by myself. I have to have like by <laughs> myself time. I'm obsessed with blank right now. A lot. <laughs> 
I'm obsessed with like series on like Netflix. Like I, I, I need more, I need more to come out. Like, yeah. I think we all got through into that in, um, during quarantine and COVID that like, now it's like a thing for my husband and I, it's like, well, what series is next? What can we get? What can we binge next? A girl boss that I look up to. Oh, there's so many. Um, Kendra Scott is obviously like the first one that I think of just because of everything that, that she's accomplished. But, um, I've got to say it's hard because everyone I've interviewed on my podcast, I admire, and I look up to for so many different reasons, um, because they all like made their dreams happen. And I really think that anyone that takes those steps is a girl boss that I admire. So it's hard to like pick just one, but you know, my inspiration behind a lot of things in my life. And I always say like, what would, what would Kendra do, you know, as a mom of three boys and as a CEO, like what would she do? So I would have to probably say her currently listening to, <laughs> this is so goofy. I have not been able to listen to many podcasts in the last couple of weeks. Cause it's been crazy. Um, but every night for the last, I don't know, two weeks, my kids put, um, that song wiggle wiggle on repeat for <laughs> like 10, 15 minutes. And they dance like every night. Like I hear this song in my head, like I could tell you every word. So to be literal, what I'm listening to every night has been wiggle wiggle by Snoop Dogg. That is, that, is awesome. that is mom life right there. I guess it's better than me being like, I'm listening to, Oh God, like the, sh like the baby shark song, but yeah, that is true. Yeah. I don't know if like wiggle wiggles necessarily appropriate, but that's, that's what's so happening funny. in my house. That's so funny. An episode of yours that had an impact on you had to be Shantae Lowe. Um, who is a four-time Olympian, bronze medalist um, in the high jump. She's qualified for the Olympics every year since she was 19. And I interviewed her last year while she was training for Tokyo, which she's training right now for Tokyo again this year. So she will be there. Um, but she was a mom of three who was training for Tokyo while battling breast cancer. So she was undergoing chemo while training for the Olympics. And I just, her story has resonated with me. I think about her a lot. She's, we're the same age and the fact that she was her best advocate in terms of getting a, a mammogram that what didn't detect her, her, um, her breast cancer. So she went further and asked for a sonogram and then that's what picked it up. Wow. And since she caught it early, she, she's, um, on the other side of it now, but, um, that interview definitely has stuck with me. Cause I'm like, what a bad ass, like, three kids at home training for the Olympics and undergoing chemo. Like, oh, there's nothing I can't, I mean, like I, she can do it. I can do it. So inspiring. Love mm -hmm. that. Definitely. Everyone go check out that episode for sure. Next one. I have blank at my desk. Always water. That's really boring water <laughs> no, and a notebook. <laughs> and usually my microphone is always sitting around here somewhere. Love it. Always prepared. Yeah. I feel most confident when I know this sounds really, I feel like it sounds really vain, but like when I'm ready, you know, like I actually get up, I like shower, I wash my hair. I like do makeup. I like put on an outfit that makes me feel good. I feel like I'm ready to tackle the day. And I, I think that I've kept that up through COVID quite honestly. Like I still get up, I still shower every, every day. <laughs> like I try to wash my hair probably every day, which is not, I know the best, but, um, it just makes me feel good. Like I, I could easily be in yoga pants every single day of my life for sure. But I try not to at least a couple of days a week. I did that through maternity leave too. And that was huge for me. I had to have a shower every morning during maternity leave. And that was my saving grace. So I'd have to say that when I'm like, I feel ready and I feel confident and I feel ready to tackle the day. Love that. Totally agree. Proudest moment in your career so far. I'd say starting the podcast. Um, just because I, I, you know, there was some like, who do you kind of, who do you think you are? Like there was a, a situation one time where I, I overheard somebody, um, kind of talking negatively about it and I didn't know what I was doing at all, like at all. And I think that I'm really proud that I did it. I stuck with it and here I am like, 53 episodes later. And I've just met all of these women that I would have never met otherwise, like you included. So yeah, for sure that 
Love it. And last one, I'm inspired by blank. I am inspired by just women doing it. I really am. Like I am inspired by every one of my guests. I am inspired by women like you that are doing, you know, following your passion while still working full time. Uh, It's not easy. And it's not something that like comes naturally. And it's not something you have to put in the time, the effort, the energy, the work, the hustle, the grit, the perseverance, all of it. And I'm just so inspired by that. And it's honestly what keeps me going. I have to constantly be inspired, I think, to like then translate it into my life. And so I really just people I meet on the, on a daily basis or just organizations that I work with, um, children's hospitals, you know, the working with the kiddos and their families, um, inspires me. So I really, I feel like I am inspired daily, but I really say that like, it would be women making it happen. Those are good questions, girl. I'm like, (laughs) whoa, you made it through. I did. (laughs) And where can everyone follow you and check out the podcast? So my website's selfmadesister.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at selfmade sister podcast. Um, and you can find the podcast on any podcast app that you personally love. Make sure to check out Anna's podcast and follow her on social. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with her. I hope you enjoyed it. And while you're listening to the show, make sure to grab a screenshot right now and tag Anna at self-made sister and tag at working girl talk so we can see what you think about this show always love to share those for last but not least at the end of every episode i do a little favorite that week and this week is actually a random little snack if you ever need a snack during the workday, <laughs> quaker oats has these rice cakes they're pretty popular like those little rice cake things but i discovered they have an everything bagel flavor And I've been snacking on those when I need like just a little something. It's like I don't want to eat like a huge meal. It's like dinner's almost after work, but I need something just to like snack because I'm kind of bored, which those rice cakes, pretty good for that because there's not really that much substance to them. So I've been really enjoying that. And once I get my kitchen back, we're kind of doing some kitchen updates. I'm going to put like some avocado on it and actually treat it like a bagel. But for now, I'm just eating them dry. Still very good. So the Quaker Oats rice cakes in the everything bagel flavor. It just is called everything. Great little snack for your mid-afternoon snacking needs. Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk. Please subscribe to the show, copy the link to this episode, and share it with a friend who needs it. And rate the podcast if you haven't done so already. Love to see your reviews. I hope you have a wonderful workday. I will talk to you next week. <laughs>